Welcome to Church and Other Drugs. That was like super unprofessional, Jeff. Was it? Do you want to say it then? Oh, I was talking about what the last 30 minutes that I just spent waiting on the phone while you figured out how to use your recording equipment well it, it just like switched on me i don't know what happened like well it did like i had to switch anyway it's dumb i had to switch parameters it's this this like shouldn't be working right now but it is for some reason i'll probably have to do like a restart on my computer when this is done i think your explanation was really awesome so we had to we had to check the parameters and uh, <laughs> Well, we the, change directions a bit. That's the We're probably well, going to have to do a full restart. So what you what here's here's you know when I when I click the parameters, it's either software which is not recommended or uh, system sound which is what I'm using now. Uh, typically, I use software, uh, so I don't know what, and it made me panic because I thought the interview I just recorded for 45 minutes was going to be wrong, but it's right. Me and uh. This the episode today is called Jed and Scott wildly speculate about coronavirus, and that's what we, that's what we just did for forty five minutes. Well, let me tell you, did, I wanted to tell your listeners that I had an idea of a really cool meme that um will really change the world if it took off. All right, so it's going to take commitment and dedication, but we can all get together and make Facebook posts saying. That we think we have the coronavirus and we're going in to get tested. And then um, don't post anything for three days and then you memorialize your page and make it known to the world that you are dead. <laughs> and so if enough people do this, um, it well, for one thing, I mean, people wouldn't be using their Facebook as much because they'd have to commit and – I don't know. It could just be a huge, funny thing, dude. Who knows? I think it could take down the whole world. I feel. Well, <laughs> would you say it, it would go viral? Uh, no, but I feel like that's borderline illegal. Like, I feel like they could charge you with fear mongering or something, or like inciting a, well, a panic in in times of crisis. It's it feels right. it feels vaguely illegal. Well, what what well, it would be hard to prove of. Well. If if only they had some sort of recorded proof of our plan. Well, (laughs) the plan, and that's the thing, it would be very hard for them to know or prove that my intent was to completely destroy society in a supervillain-like manner by starting a meme that would cause total panic and... Um, collapse of society. We gotta burn it to the ground, man, and start over. It's about, it's it's time, Jed. Well, you're just you're just saying that because you're currently in a like prepper fortress where you've got land and goats and and cows and eggs and chickens. Yeah, we get we get twenty four eggs a day. We also have honey. What about um, what about water? Uh, we have water running through. I mean, um, I mean, the you... properties that that we could dam up with four alternators, and actually probably have enough juice to run like a small shack. Really? Like a shack? Yeah. There's a, a water source running right through the property, and it's actually already. You could put two dams up and um, have uh, the water running through uh, four alternators on each dam, and get a good amount of power. Actually. Wait, is was that like by design? Was it by design? Or, or, no, I, I don't think Jerry thought of it, but uh, I thought of it. Dude, so I need to get up there is what you're saying? Well, there is a room for rent. 
There is. <laughs> you did see there is a, a coronavirus case uh, in Kershaw County. Yeah, I believe there's probably many cases that are not being reported. Do no you, one's test, they didn't test me for it whenever did, I went in. Did you ask? Did I ask to be tested? No, I did not want them to draw my blood because I didn't want to sit there and spend five minutes. It's not a blood test, is it? I can't imagine how else they would test for it. I think they have a, a specific type of truffle pig that they bring in and it sniffs you. The pig test. The pig That's, test. Yeah. Sometimes you just sometimes that's not I think what happened to you with the pig was like like a personal thing that you had to go through, but don't bring it onto the show. <laughs> All right. Don't air your dirty laundry. <laughs> um how are you doing, man? You're sad. That's why I knew you were going to be sad, but I ambushed you anyway to try to pull you out of it because I'm not going to let you sit in a bitter morass of self pity. I'm not really that sad because I decided to be fully honest with, um, as fully honest as I'm capable of right now to the people that I care about with with my feelings, and uh, I stopped trying to get revenge and stuff like that. So it, it's helped with the sadness a lot. It makes me not feel sad because. Um, I, I just told the truth. I was able to identify the truth and not try and, um, church it up. Right. You know, the truth is, you know, uh, I don't know how much I can say. Yeah. I don't, I'm not gonna, no, I don't think you should should go into detail or anything, but as much as you want, but you can, we can just say that you're, you're going through some life stuff. Uh, prayers, prayers are always appreciated. Prayers are appreciated, and I mean, it's pretty much anybody who can see my Facebook would know, but, you know, right now, I, my mom's going through a, a divorce, and that's public knowledge, and I'm up here in South Carolina, away from my uh, my lovely wife, and uh, my daughter is up here, too, and, and we're helping my mom get through some stuff, and she's helping me get through some stuff, so, yeah, that's what's going on. We do need prayer. Yeah. Is everything? Everything's up in the air, you know. They don't know if we're going to be able to keep this property or if we're going to have to sell it or what. It's uh, it's crazy. It would be a shame to have to uh, let it go, though. Wait, who's, whose property is it? Well, my mom and Jerry fully own it. Oh, okay. Right. So it's paid, paid for. Nice. Yeah. I want some land. It's cool to have it. I mean, like, once everything, if you would really c- could get behind this meme... Um, then there'll be a lot more. Get some la- yeah, it's going to be Mike make Mike 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 makes right. So you pretty much just choose a place, and you know what I'm saying. Just, just uh, assemble assemble a crew, go up there, and just take it. It is, or I could just wait for the impending economic collapse and just buy it up on the cheap. No, that's what I'm saying. Like th- uh, some something like this could would would cause economic collapse. It's yeah, happening. Enough people. If enough people thought that like there was really coronavirus spreading, it it could easily collapse the uh, the uh, economy. Wait, do you think it's really not spreading? I think that they are making a story and blowing up the dangers of it uh, to cause fear. But the funny thing about it would be to like actually push it further intentionally. So who, that it went too far. Who is the nebulous they? 
Huh? Who who is the they? Um, I think that there's about fifty two thousand people who control the majority of. Oh God, here we are. All right, never mind. <laughs> never all mind. The wealth. Yep. Yep. You know. Yep. All right. Damn, dude. Not going there. Um. All right. Well, any uh. So you should listen to this episode. By the way, we're gonna get to the the interview with Scott where we just wildly speculate about coronavirus and fear monger for the next. Not really. I try not. You know, whatever. I just talk about it. It's interesting to me. If you're yeah, if you're if you're a sheep, then you know, turn it off. You don't gotta listen. That's fine. Go believe. Go believe Fox I mean, News. The best part of the episode just happened, so that's true. Wants to hang, you know, you guys can hang around for the rest, or you can, you know, just kind of be, your, you know, I don't know. Yep. Send me an email, churchandotherdrugs at gmo.com, patreon.com slash churchandotherdrugs, and storefrontier.com slash churchandotherdrugs. with a big old um uh what's up <laughs> scott countryman scott countryman what's up buddy uh woke up this morning terrified i'm gonna get the coronavirus and die are you i can't wait because i'm gonna call this episode scott and jed wildly speculate about coronavirus dude i swear to god they announced the first real case in uh in charleston with this uh Bougie lawyer that went to Italy and ignored all the uh, quarantine rules and everything, and he gave it to his wife, who then gave it to her kids, and then he like went across the street and uh, had a beer with his neighbor, gave it to his neighbor, blah blah blah. But uh, I think my main fear comes from like I'm already on those immune suppressant drugs for Crohn's, and so oh, I'm that's right. Uh, the Humira, and I've got sick more this past year than I ever have before, which fucking sucks. I missed a lot of work. I missed like two weeks of work almost all together for sick days, which I had to make up. But uh I don't know. It and then like I mean long story short is there's nothing you can fucking do besides wash your hands and stuff. Oh Ooh. man. And I I touch anybody that knows me knows that I touch my face like it's going out of style. Like I oh, can't yeah. stop. You struggled with those ticks before, haven't you? Oh already? yeah, to that. Yeah, and I've got, and it's like it's like a um, I really feel like it's a leftover from my tweaker days, but like I just I still do like formication, like a mild form of it, where like not like picking, but just like touching, touching yeah. and like fiddling yeah. any part. Yeah, it's just like a big deal. My wife does the same thing, and it's like we are screwed when it comes to touching your face. 
Oh, and then my so then my <clears throat> then my mom comes out too, and she's like, "Oh yeah, we're flying to New York City in two <laughs> weeks." And I was like, what part of New York? And they're like, Manhattan. And I was like, what are y'all going to do? And they're like, oh, we're going to these plays and all these shows. And I'm we're like, virus what? shopping. <laughs> we're virus shopping in New York. Virus shopping. But yeah, I need to I need to call Dave and be like, yo, you got it yet or what? Like, cause that's <laughs> But all right, here's the thing. I, I like so I freaked out on her which was adorable. It was kind of like a reverse role. I was like, mom, don't go. And then I was like, wait yeah. a minute. Okay. Actually, maybe you should go. Cause they're saying now that it's better to get it sooner than later. You don't want to get it when everyone is getting it at the same time. Oh, so I want to go ahead and infect myself now. Well, you maybe not. Well, actually maybe so because you'd need the most help, right? Yeah. I want to get the hospital beds while they're still available. Right, right, right. Uh, I would, I'd say my main fear comes from, uh, the, with work, like we see so many different tourists and stuff at work that I'm like, it's, it's inevitable, you know, because we're constantly, we have one of these big contracts, uh, with this place called diamond tours. So like elderly people in the restaurant industry, the hours from like two to five o'clock are usually the slowest, uh, any day of the week, any part of the year. So this company called Diamond Tours primarily caters to older people. And uh, three days a week, they bring between 50 and 70 people in to the restaurant. They all eat as one and have a set menu. But they come three times a week for like the next four months. And I'm like, oh, great. They're just going to fucking spread the virus everywhere at my job. Well, and- yeah, dude. And I, I just I just interacted with someone in a very small room that flew directly from the San Antonio airport where there act- absolutely are cases. So and here, like, you know, I'm not um, I'm not worried about like me getting it. This is this is this is what I think this is what bothers me about the whole thing is that you got like I was just scrolling through Facebook and one of it, you know, it's a mix between. Or actually, I'd say most people are like, y'all need to quit this fear mongering. And it's like, it's ruining my business. And it's, you know, this or that. And it's like, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. It's like, yes, like true for the most part. But people, and I want to, like, I don't want to bore you because you've read it. But I kind of want to, I want to read that Twitter thread. Uh, I've got it. Yeah, you pull that up and I'm going to, I'm going to pull up this text from my dad that proves it's a, uh. Okay. It's all a ploy to get the Republicans out of office. What, dude? Okay. Well, then I'm, while you're doing that, I'm just going to read this because I want people to hear this. This is from Liz Specht. This is like a uh, pretty famous Twitter thread at this point, but so I'm just going to read it. So I think she says, I think most people aren't aware of the risk of systemic healthcare failure due to COVID 19 because they simply haven't run the numbers yet. Let's talk math. Let's conservatively assume that there are 2,000 current cases in the U.S. today, March 6th. That's obviously higher now. This is about eight times the number of confirmed, which are lab-diagnosed cases. We know there is a substantial underdiagnosis due to lack of test kits. Test kits. I'll address implications later of the under-overestimate. We can expect that we'll continue to see a doubling of cases every six days. This is a typical doubling time across several several epidemiological studies. Here, I mean actual cases. Confirmed cases may appear to rise faster in the short term due to new test kit rollouts. 
We're looking at about 1 million U.S. cases by the end of April, 2 million around May 5th, 4 million by May 11th, and so on. Exponentials are hard to grasp, but this is how they go. As the healthcare system begins to saturate under this caseload, it will become increasingly hard to de detect, track, and contain new transmission chains. In absence of extreme interventions, this likely won't slow significantly until hitting roughly 1% of susceptible population. What does a caseload of this size mean for the healthcare system? We'll examine just two factors, hospital beds and masks, among many, many other things that will be impacted. The U.S. has about 2.8 hospitals. 2.8 hospital beds per 1,000 people. With a population of 330 million, this is roughly a million beds. At any given time, 65% of those beds are already occupied. That leaves about 330,000 beds available nationwide, perhaps a bit fewer this time of year with regular flu season. Let's trust Italy's numbers and assume that about 10% of cases are serious enough to require hospitalization. Keep in mind that for many patients, hospitalization lasts for weeks. In other words, turnover will be very slow as beds fill with COVID-19 patients. By this estimate, by about May 8th, all open hospital beds in the U.S. will be filled. This says nothing, of course, about whether these beds are suitable for isolation of patients with a highly infectious virus. If we're wrong by a factor of two regarding the fraction of severe cases, that only changes the timeline of bed saturation by six days in either direction. If 20% of cases require hospitalizations, we will run out of beds by roughly May 2nd. If only 5% of cases require it, we can make it until May 14th. 2.5% gets us to May 20th. This, of course, assumes that there is no uptick in demand for beds from other causes, which seems like a dubious assumption. As healthcare system becomes increasingly burdened, prescription shortages, etc., people with chronic conditions, like you, Scott, that are normally well-managed may find themselves slipping into severe states of medical distress requiring intensive care and hospitalization, but let's ignore that for now. All right, so that's beds, now masks. Feds say we have a national stockpile of 12 million N95 masks and 30 million surgical masks, which are not ideal but better than nothing. There are about 18 million healthcare workers in the U.S. Let's assume only 6 million healthcare workers are working on any given day. This is likely an underestimate as most people work most days of the week, but again, I'm playing conservative at every turn. As COVID-19 cases saturate virtually every state and county, which seems likely to happen any day now, it will be irresponsible for all healthcare workers to not wear a mask. These healthcare workers would burn through the stockpile in two days if every healthcare worker only got one mask per day. One per day would be neither sanitary nor pragmatic, though this is indeed what we saw in Wuhan with healthcare workers collapsing on their shift from dehydration because they were trying to avoid changing their PPE suits as they cannot be reused. How quickly could we ramp up production of new masks? Not very fast at all. The vast majority of manufactured overseas, almost all of which in China. Even when manufactured here in the U.S., the raw materials are predominantly from China. Keep in mind that all countries globally will be going through the exact same crisis and shortages simultaneously. We can't force trade in our favor. Now consider how these two factors, bed and mask shortages, compound each other's severity. Full hospitals plus few masks plus healthcare workers running around between beds without proper PPE equals a very bad mix. Healthcare workers are already getting infected even with access to full PPE. In the face of PPE limitations this severe, it's only a matter of time. 
Healthcare workers will start dropping from the workforce for weeks at a time, leading to a shortage of healthcare workers that then further compounds both issues above. We could go on and on about thousands of factors, number of ventilators, or even simple things like saline drip bags. You see where this is going. Importantly, I cannot stress this enough, even if I'm wrong, even very wrong, about core assumptions like percent of severe cases or current case numbers, it only changes the timeline by days or weeks. This is how exponential growth in an immunologically naive population works. Undeserved panic does no one any good, but neither does ill-informed complacency. It's wrong to assuage the public by saying only 2% will die. People aren't adequately grasping the national and global systemic burden wrought by this swift moving of a disease. I'm an engineer. This is what my mind does all day. I run back-of-the-envelope calculations to try to estimate order-of-magnitude impacts. I've been on high alarm about this disease since January 19th after reading clinical indicators in the first papers emerging from Wuhan. Nothing in the last six weeks has dampened my alarm in the slightest. In, to the contrary, we're seeing abject refusal of many countries to adequately respond or prepare. Of course, some of these estimates will be wrong, even substantially wrong, but I have no reason to think they'll be orders of magnitude wrong. Even if your personal risk of death is very, very low, don't mock decisions like canceling events or closing workplaces as undue, quote, panic. These measures are the bare minimum we should be doing to try to shift the peak to slow the rise in cases so the healthcare systems are less overwhelmed. Each day that we can delay an extra case is a big win for the healthcare system. And yes, you really should prepare to buckle down for a bit. All services and supply chains will be impacted. Why risk the stress of being ill-prepared? Worst case, I'm massively wrong, and you now have a huge bag of rice and black beans to burn through over the next few months and enough Robitussin to trip out. One more thought, you've probably seen multiple respected epidemiologists have estimated that 20 to 70% of the world will be infected within the next year. If you use six-day doubling rate I mentioned above, we land at roughly 2 to 6 billion infected by sometime in July of this year. Obviously, I think the doubling time will start to slow once a sizable fraction of the population has been infected simply because of herd immunity and a smaller susceptible population. But take the scenarios above and stretch them out just over a couple extra months. That timeline roughly fits with consensus in-game numbers from these highly esteemed epidemiologists. Again, we're talking about discrepancies of mere days or weeks one direction or another, but not disagreements in the overall magnitude of the challenge. This is not some hypothetical, fear-mongering, worst-case scenario. This is reality as far as anyone can tell with the current available data. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I I read that and it's like I don't know. There's so many people. Like when you run the numbers, of course, if everybody gets it, we're fucked. Like right. if everybody gets it, there's not a bed for fucking everyone. But I don't know. I really don't. I mean, what I've been trying to find is like I want to talk to people that have gone through the treatments and lived. And I haven't found any credible accounts of that, really. Like, there's been a couple that I found on Reddit that were like, I was treated with antiviral three to four weeks, and then it was done. But so, it was, the mental aspect is the worst because you're quarantined. Yes. While you're trying to recover from the virus, it's like your mind and everything plays such a huge role in it that that's what makes it worse. Yeah, and the, the recent... Um, <clears throat> 
interview with some lady on the cruise ship said they're like fighting over spoiled food right now. Man, that would be awful. Yeah. Well, if you go on a cruise ship anyways, you know, I don't know. There's, it's so funny because there's a server and she's literally been at my uh, job for 27 years at the same restaurant. Her thing is cruise ships. She's like this 60 year old battle axe that smokes four packs a day. Like, <laughs> I'll be your staffer. Yeah. <laughs> but she loves, she loves cruises and she was so happy because she came to work and she was like, I got such a good deal on cruises and everything yesterday. I was like, wait, what? You're buying cruise things and like, I don't know. It's not a bad idea. I was looking at plane, like flights are pretty cheap right now. The Mainly international flights. The domestics aren't that cheap, but they're like a couple hundred, like $150 off. But cruises right now are dirt cheap, dude. Yeah. The only thing after consuming all the information that I have so far, it's like, I'm going to wash my hands more. I'm going to try not to touch my face. I'm definitely not going to go. I'm not going to travel until this is figured out i mean i was really surprised uh by that south by southwest is canceled fish is canceling dicks and like their whole summer tour is what they're saying but like that's there's so much money involved there has that's what raised my my eyebrows when they can't exactly that, that festival it's like they're not just gonna cancel that shit for no reason they i was reading um an interview with the south by swest south by swest the South by Sweaty, the South by Southwest, one of the founders, and he was like, yeah, we're like, the show is going to go on, but we are legitimately concerned about how we're going to continue because of how much money we're losing on this, which ironically, they had like every insurance except for pandemic or biological disease. Yeah, so, yeah. Why would you? Right, right. But it's, I wonder, it's... <laughs> I guess they will now, but it it said that South by brings in like three hundred and thirty five million dollars to the local economy, and yeah. some businesses only survive because of that burst that gets them through the whole year. We so, are we're, so we're the same way. Like these four, the four months, you know, starting next month is our in the black months. So we make up like forty percent of our income comes from these four months out of the year. Jeez, that's but, I mean, it's just the service industry is built that way, and you're already and yeah. they're, they're every cruise is basically canceled in Charleston. But I don't, I don't know, man. It's just like at one end of the spectrum, I'm trying to be have common sense about it and not let it like ruin my day and, and life. Yeah, it's like I, I envision myself in the fucking floor of of parchment prisons like I, i've been in worse places You've been in worse yeah and that's what that's another thing uh my therapist and my dad told me we we're like look man you've kind of been in a worse spot than this before so i mean do what you can and if this is what you know the plan is then fuck you know so and it's it's not like i don't think you well and the and so the surgeon general did just just say or just tweeted Americans, if you're sick with fever, don't go to work, which is, but it's like, this is, we're so, cause you can't do like, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. This is, this is the whole reason why it's a, why it's an issue is that there's nothing we can do, man. People can't just like, you would literally be like laughed at. Like if I called my, like if I got a fever legitimately and I called my boss and I was like, Hey, 
I really like don't need to go to work. He would probably call me a pussy and tell me to get in. You know what I'm saying? Like, I- yeah, that's one good thing of working in the food and beverage in- industry. It's like I've found my personal experience has been there's no middle ground when it comes to that. It's either one way or the other uh, in the culture in my restaurant is that if you are sick, stay the fuck home. If you have a runny nose, stay the fuck home. And not only because you're preparing food, but like my restaurant is so large right now. So I constantly pull everything to that, but it's like, there's so much at stake. Like we would much rather have you stay home and have these people work harder and pick your slack up than get everybody sick. Right. But then you fall into the thing of the people that can't afford to. And so they'll hide their symptoms or, All this talk is making me feel sick. I'm just kidding. I know, dude. <laughs> it's not. I did have like, so I guess uh, pollen is back. So yeah. yesterday I was like, like I literally had just two uh, tissues stuffed up my nose. Like I was clogging a bloody nose and they would just get soaked. Like I was just a leaky faucet of allergy stuff. I so t- what I, I do, I cut, I'll take a paper towel and like cut a little triangle or whatever and then stuff it up there. And yeah, just- that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a like a jailhouse Q-tip. We used to, yeah, yeah. Used to have to just swivel. Um, yeah, it, it you know it, it and it, I guess it's irritating, and you know, it, I think it would be this. Is this awful? Tell me if this is awful to say because I'm going to say it. Would it be poetic justice if Trump got it, dude? I don't it's, wish I, that anyone. I, I don't wish that anybody, but I really can't imagine there being a worse, uh, worse person in charge. The thing is, it's like I've never been super against or, or super for Trump. I definitely don't like him at all. But it's like you have to look at the irony of it. If you own, and his whole thing is the economy. The economy is so awesome. It's like when you own the highs, you got to own the lows. You know. And I think that's what my dad sent me this text. And he was like, don't listen to the media. Limit your news consumption to one time a day. And he uh, gave me a prescription list of like how to survive the coronavirus, you know, to a boomer Republican. And he was like, this is all to get Trump out of office and to lose these Republican votes. I was like, "Okay." So an interesting one that I heard was that Trump put. Uh, and once again, this goes with the theme of Scott and Jed wildly speculate. Uh, but I, it was it kind of tracked. As some people think this is Trump's plan to get, or he saw an opportunity to get Biden off the ticket next year, was to put him in charge. It's going to be a colossal failure, and then he can get him off the ticket without sacrificing the religious votes because it'll be like a reason. Like, hey, you know, this dude screwed up, so I can't have him. As my second in command or whatever. But yeah, after, so like the, the newest economic thing is since the the oil price plummeted, I think it was like $26, $28 a barrel or something. And um, like OPEC just had some conference trying to do some negotiating thing and it fell through with Russia and Saudi Arabia. And so, yeah, the stock market again dropped. They had to suspend trading because it dropped 1,900 points. Yeah, but that was a good thing, dude. And that's like we made it through 08, and we learned so much in that in that free fall that, like, they're going to control the markets to not let them fall too much. You know what I mean? I didn't see. I guess I'm very naive to that kind of stuff, so I didn't even know that was a thing that, like, if it was free falling, they're just like, okay, never mind, time out. We're just not going to let yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what they do. They're like, oh, you, we've lost too much money, and you just hit pause on it. 
it's like the equivalent of like whenever I used to hit big at the casino, I would call someone and be like, Hey, come get this money. I'm not leaving the casino, but come at least take 800 from me right now. Yeah. 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 It's, it's cause I'm going to lose it. <laughs> hey, but like the other thing is my, my dad, dude, he's chief of staff of the fucking VA hospital. Like he's on the fucking government. Yeah, so what's he, what are they telling him? Or I mean, give me some insider info. Well, that's the. I'm I'm slightly concerned. Like, should I talk about this publicly or whatever? But uh, yeah, they're they're downplaying it. He's saying don't listen to the uh, the mask thing. He was like, we will never run out of masks, and if there are, we have cloth that works just the same way. You know what I mean? Yeah, like micro mesh. Yeah, yeah. He was like the the mask thing is not is not important. And then it's one of those things, like, once you get it, you get it. But he was like, the other main thing you have to uh, concentrate on is that, like, human beings are resilient. And you can even look at, like, different diseases across history and say, like, eventually or really sooner rather than later because of our technology, there's going to be a, uh, a maybe a cure or something that slows it down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's going to be a patient zero. There's going to be somebody that has an antibody or whatever it is. But it's like human beings are resilient. What if it's you? What if you're the chosen one? Oh. What if it turns out that Crohn's disease like kills that, it? It's, it's a natural immunity. Yeah, but, and, and people are people are counting on the, you know the whole. All right, I guess what bothered well this so this is and I'll I'll show my hand here. So this stuff excites me because I'm like a doomsdayist, and because like I think we've said it before, like living a life of addiction like that's just that's the world i'm used to of a completely like mad max like everyone's freaking out like yeah welcome to my world bitches like i've been panicked i'm gonna rob pharmacy so mother i'm gonna go straight to cvs i i want to go in my fucking blacked out uh motorcycle gear put my fucking helmet on with a imitation shotgun and just start kicking doors down like i'd love that shit well, you know, and I wasn't going to go that far, Manson, but, you know, I'm just kidding. Well, I <laughs> always, no, no, no. So, I always so, kick myself because I feel like I had the time to loot when I was in uh, after Katrina, and I never really got to do it. <laughs> you, well, there was, a, there was a legitimate chance of getting killed that time, though. That was yeah, not, there was yeah. like a very short window when you were safe, and then people just started straight killing you and duct taping <laughs> you in a refrigerator. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And never to be seen again, heard from again. Um, no, but so, you know, part of me is like, oh, and, and because so many, and I think it's kind of how we're trained is that there's so many, like a month ago it was World War Three, you know, the fires, uh, we're all going to die, climate change, we're all going to die, uh, SARS, we're all going to die, swine flu, we're all going to die. So there's so many things times that society has collectively cried wolf and so now it's like okay it's no big deal hey they have they weren't canceling festivals or telling you not to gather in large groups for any of that bullshit though. that's what i'm saying there's some key differences here that and then you've got then you've literally got like the shit that trump says when he was just like so i mean the doctors are saying that it's a three percent mortality rate but my, my gut tells me it's more like one percent it's like what are you talking about bro i'm sure he's he's very insulated from it but then i was thinking last night i was like don't all these motherfuckers travel no did you not did you you not see that that um 
there was a dude at a rally that Trump and someone else was at, not a rally, but some sort of gathering. I don't want to misquote, but some sort of gathering he was at that tested positive for it. So he has been like closer than I'm sure he would like. And he's still holding the rallies, which I get because you've got to make money. And there's like, you know, X number of days until this election and stuff. But it's like, it's so, it's so crazy, man. But it's just like, it's the society and culture we live in, you know? Yeah. I'm just trying to mitigate it as much as I can. Oh, yeah. And then what, what you showed me earlier, the uh, prison riots in Italy. Yeah. Now that shit, that's something I am uh super grateful for is that i'm not you know i've got my liberty <laughs> it's like that shit yeah. there well you, there, you're looking for any type of thing to push you over the edge in that situation i feel like anyways you know yeah but, uh, that no that's the like being incarcerated during any sort of disaster like this is awful yeah or- because well like they were interviewing the family members of people who were in the nursing home like that one that's up in uh seattle yeah the one that started it in seattle state and uh they're like look this is the bottom line is we don't give a fuck about old people and they're right you know what i mean we're not about to throw a bunch of economic or physical resources about these people that have already lived their lives it's like that's just our society they're gonna be like okay you can die jeez that that did. I mean, that's the stuff that does make me nervous. You know, I've got a grandpa who's in in a nursing home. Um, you know, but yeah, the prison thing started because they they shut down visitation. Well, you um, shut the flow of drugs in. You you stop the you stop the flow of packs. They're they're gonna get mad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Italy Italy is getting like bent over, dude. They are like like the new cases. It seems like that literally doubles every day. Oh, also, if you so there's a really good website if you're uh, interested in tracking it called Infection 2020, and it's a real time map of the oh, U.S. Dude, then I'm just gonna look at that all day. Oh, you should. Yeah, there's two in South Carolina. There's one in Kershaw County and Charleston County. Mm-hmm. Oh. And Iran is getting yeah. Oh, th- so the other funny thing. So Iran. Uh, this these are just f- not f- you know whatever. I guess interesting. Um side consequences so in japan a company released for free like 490 full manga titles online to keep people entertained while they're home and in, uh like japanese comics oh okay. very popular um and in iran the president gave every citizen free 100 gig internet connection to keep people at home i mean that's fair that's, that is fair, right? It's like you got to stay home, but here's some internet. Yeah, here's some know. entertainment. I, I just feel like you don't go out and live your life. The fuck is it worth, anyways? Holy shit! And this is a new one, dude. They just canceled the St. Patrick's Day parade in Ireland. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and it's all these large things. It's like, look, people are so stupid. We're gonna have to do it for you. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like you're not gonna pay well, attention for you. But it's you know, and I, like I said, I, I'm going to this. Um, I'm going to Furnace Fest, this festival in September, and like I'll dude, be. Don't go. Seriously, don't. I'm going, bro. It's I'm yeah. going, dude. I'm I'm going. I'm not traveling. We were gonna we were going to Dick's uh, for those four days for the uh, for fish this year. That was like our trip, and we're not going now. Well, and that might be the so. This is the thing when people are like, "Oh, the summer months are gonna knock it down." It's like okay, but don't forget, don't forget, 
No, 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 hold on. Yeah, well, no, no, no. So, and people, all right, a couple things people forget about that is it's currently summer in a lot of places where it's at, A. So that's, that's, you know, there's that. So jot that down. But B, what happens is if, if it does temporarily recede, then it comes, like, it always comes back even stronger in the winter. So it's like, even if there is like a temporary recession, like, it's coming back. And then here we go again. So, like, I do, I I do think it's interesting. It's like, the only reason that the numbers are not as high in the United States is because we haven't been testing for it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. Now it's at uh, it's close to 550. And if you yeah. remember, what was it like two? What was it two or three weeks ago? It was 11. You know what I'm saying? Or like 20. I just think my mind would either be put at ease or my panic level raised by finding accurate information from someone that has survived the virus like that is in my same social dynamics age whatever if i could talk to even though i have these raising factors or whatever because of medication and uh underlying medical conditions if i could read an account from somebody that went through the viral treatment and lived through it i think maybe i would feel better so if you find one let me know well, from my understanding, and granted, it's I have it's not extensive, but it's like it isn't the majority of treatments is you just sit home and you just you just treat the symptoms. Like there's no you don't take it. Somebody did. Um, but you see, I I heard that the hospitalization they they're treated with antiviral, and sometimes it works, sometimes it fucking doesn't. They've been trying new things. Like I just read something. It was like an anti. Oh, it was something crazy that worked, like a anti. Fuck, I can't find it. Um, mm, I don't know. It was something very like unrelated, like an anti-arthritic or like an anti-seizure yeah. or, or something crazy. But it, it like, worked. And, like human beings are so resilient and intelligent to begin with. Like, I just can't see this. It's not. I would be more afraid if it was like a skin disease. You know what I mean? Like if it was something on your skin that was passed on like that and we couldn't find a cure for it. But it's like these respiratory things, we always seem to come up with some type of cure or something that lessens the symptom or or makes it possible to survive. So, and we can go, and so this is just uh, as of an hour ago, uh, the World Health Organization uh, threat of pandemic is now very real. And I think in, oh wait, U.S. is now up to 566 cases. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's like it, like like that person said, it's like uh, of the reported cases, that means that there are thousands. You know what I'm saying? It's just like yeah, yeah. It's only because they haven't been tested. Do you do you think? Oh yeah. Oh, I was right. Yeah, two patients in Naples have recovered from severe pneumonia caused by COVID-19 after being administered an anti-arthritis drug. So that'll, I mean, you know, there's just random stuff. I I think um, oh shit. The coronavirus got in my head. I forgot what I was going to say. Um, man, I really did. I started, uh, so I added Wellbutrin to my, my regimen. Yeah, let's fucking change the subject. God damn. This is the subject, bro. This is, this is, you're going to be fine, Scott. You're going to be fine until you're not. Until no, you're not. You're going to be fine. No, so yeah, you asked me how I was doing earlier. I added Wellbutrin, and I'm uncertain how I feel about it. It seems like it, I don't, have you ever, you've been on Wellbutrin, right? Well, I should say like most of my knowledge and experience of Wellbutrin comes from county jail or watching. I'll never fucking forget, dude. There was my, I was 
in, they brought me from prison back to Harrison County in Biloxi into that jail to face some kind of fucking bullshit charge. I had, uh, when they initially arrested me, I had an assault on an officer because I ran and she fell and they charged me with her. It was fucking bullshit. Aggressive. Yeah. You broke her ankles. That fat bitch fell down. (laughs) Uh, But like, so my, Oh my God, that was loud. I dude, I'm trying to turn off my notifications, but if I mute my, you then i can't hear you but oh, okay. uh so he used to get well butrin and then would sell it and apparently you know you can snort it and get a slight uh I don't know, a, a speedy type feeling or whatever yeah. off it and uh i just remember him being so strung out on it and like sometimes you know there's a bunch of different ways that the med car can come around at different times and how he would just freak out if it was like at a different time and he just loved the well future. And I was like, bro, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, that's weird. Uh, and I took it. Let's see when I switched from Prozac cause I couldn't get it up on Prozac. They switched me to well and I was on it for like three months. It just didn't work for me. Those are my only experiences with it. But I mean, it's a good second one I've always heard. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it fixes a lot of the uh, sexual side effects. It's a good counteracting for that, but it's like it's like I've felt, uh, and hopefully I'm just because um, it's been like what eight days, so hopefully I'm just adjusting. But it was like immediate like idiotification, like I keep forgetting words and like blanking, and I'm like, oh, that's freaking annoying. So hopefully that'll go away. But it, but it's all right. It's like I guess if I had to like sum up my mental health lately, it's like I mean it's okay. It's not bad. It's not it's not where I want to be ideally but yeah certainly better hey how did you end up getting prescribed the colonidine oh yeah that's right yeah so i'm off of that yeah that's right so yeah that's a good story so um so i guess i had just so it was like a year ago um you know my doctor was like yeah how you sleeping and i was like you know not the best and i have sometimes like acute panic attacks and so he gave me um because i think i'd been on propanolol before uh which is another um beta blocker if i'm correct and so yeah he's like yeah just take clonidine and i've taken clonidine like in short-term detoxes um before and it's just a blood pressure medication lowers the idea being like if it you know if your body can't get excited then your mind can't either um yeah so i started taking that and i was taking it like prn and then i remember when you said i was telling you about it and you're like yeah dude i got like crazy addicted to that and i was like oh shit like what because i didn't think it was i didn't even i don't maybe i just pushed it at the back of my mind but i should have realized that anything if i'm taking something to lower blood pressure that is going to rebound like crazy so i was like all right maybe i need to um get off of it and yeah, dude, that, that, that was last week and I just cold turkeyed it and it was God awful. Like waking up in the morning just with the worst, like restless leg feeling like my skeleton wanted to jump out of my body, like gross sense of impending doom and just panic. And, but, uh, but yeah, that's gone. So that's good. But that was a terrible, terrible five days. When I took it, I would take it and I, I'm still on it, uh, on and off now i love it for sleep and anxiety so like i would have overwhelming crushing 
I would work all day. I would work my 12, 15 hours and I would get home and then I would like overanalyze every small decision and dish that I made mm -hmm. the entire day. And this allowed, you know, taking two to four of the point ones of that stopped all that. And it also made it to where I didn't need to take a sleep aid or anything besides melatonin. And I would use that as the start to my wind down. So I would take two and then walk the dogs for 30 minutes. And then I would come back and drink a glass of tea, talk with Finley and then, you know, go to sleep, but it can get it. Just like you said, it lowers your, it just takes your body down and you can definitely, your body gets used to that. And yes. I tried to stay, it wasn't that I tried to stop. I just ran out of it and didn't have a refill. And the CVS lady was like, they called me on the phone and were like, Hey, you cannot stop taking this medication. I was like, oh, shit. I was like, wait, what? Huh? And they're like, yeah, do not stop. You need to titrate down and, uh, and just don't stop it. And that's when I think the placebo thing, uh, ramped up. It's definitely one of those things that you see immediate relaxation results from, and I've got to be careful not to, not to take too much. Yeah, it, it never, yeah, luckily it, it never tickled that, that spot for me where it was like, oh yeah, like it, it really just, it was like, um, yeah, I never felt the urge to, to go nuts with it because it just was just kind of like, meh, you know, take it or leave it. And, and I don't really like that, um, it's like a, uh, it's like tired, but not tired. It's like you're, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just, it was, it was never super pleasant for me where I was like, yeah, I want to take a bunch of that, but I just not sleep. If I don't, if I don't take it, like I couldn't sleep, you know what I mean? It's well, like body got addicted to. Oh yeah. Physicality of it, the, the come down from that. So it's like, okay, if you don't do it this way, then I like started using breathing techniques and yoga and other things. It's like, as long as you recognize what the drug was doing, you've got to replace it with something else. You can't just like stop. Sure. And so this is actually day two of, I was like, all right, because I really need to get this under control. I've been, it was like the clonidine and then uh, melatonin and like ashwagandha. And I'd have to cycle with like Benadryl or NyQuil just because I could not sleep. And I was like, all right, this is enough is enough. I need to try to get natural sleep. So this is day two of just, um, and I've just been, uh, the first night, I think I stayed, and it was daylight savings time, but I just Fuck stayed man. up. It's the stupidest shit ever. I hate it. It is the stupidest shit ever, but I st <clears throat> stayed up till like 3.30, and I was like, all right, well, but I got sleep, and then last night, I think I went, I went to sleep at one thirty. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it's not the end of the world. I, I don't know why, like, I was always, like, afraid of, like, not having enough sleep, and I got, like, this weird complex of, like, oh, I'm going to be useless during the day, but I forget that you know, all you, it's really just going to take two to four days of just like, you might just be staying up late and waking up early and like, Oh, well just fucking deal with it. Yeah. I had this conversation with my sponsor the other day and he was like in the recovery community and just like self care and stuff. Obviously sleep is super important, but it's like, I think it's drilled into our minds. If you don't sleep enough, like these X number of hours you're going to in turn make poor decisions Right. Or have a poor quality of life. And it's just like, okay, you might for two or three days. And if you just couple that with some realistic expectations and know that like there are, you know, things you got to do to get it under control. Yeah. I mean, it, it is cool. Cause I started dreaming again. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah. The last two nights I dreamt. So that was cool. They weren't necessarily good dreams, but I remember them. It's a, it's a new mental, uh, mental thing. But like to sum everything up, I'm not I'm not going to travel. 
I'm not going to travel until this is under control and just fucking wash my hands and try not to touch my face, I guess. Dude, I, I, but I, I bought you an all-expenses-paid trip to Paris. No, I'm not. No. Man, so I've got this. This is a funny side note. I've got this one kid. Uh, I guess he's a man, really. But uh, he just graduated from uh, Clemson University. And every summer for the last, like, he started with us, with me in high school. And he's like a a server and an essay and a line cook. He does everything. So like every summer I would about this time I would call him and whatever restaurant I would at, I was at, he would just come work for me for three or four months. And, uh, he's going to London for the summer. Uh, and I'm like, dude, you are fucking dumb. Like yeah. I would, I would never travel. But then again, you know, I, I'm just going to that common sense you know, precautions. If, if you, I think the prevailing thing now is if you're not, immunocompromised or elderly then go ahead and, and get it <laughs> you want to just go ahead and get it get it sooner than later if it's gonna happen then you want it to happen now mm. that's the other crazy thing is that like children are completely unaffected no sh- but why they're fucking already can't i don't know rules and shit yeah so they're just carriers <laughs> they're just little little carrier grip which is which is interesting how like viruses adapt and evolve to spread where it's like that's a pretty good method where like if you make children just host instead of uh um victims or whatever you want to call it so that's genius yeah which and that'll be a whole separate thing if we even want to go conspiratorial about like was it created which probably i can that's the other i think the other side of the coin is that i can a hundred percent see China are some type of government entity creating this and saying, okay, this is going to be overpopulation control and saying, you know, four, five months down the road, it's like, all right, now we all of a sudden found the cure after X number of people have died and stopped consuming the natural resources or whatever. Yeah. Or, or, or accidental release of like an early stage bioweapon or, you know, it could be any number. I would, I don't know. Who knows? That's Who knows? That, that uh, Netflix show about the guy that tried to uh, the CRISPR, the DNA thing. Did you watch uh-huh. that? Uh-huh. that? Well, it's basically you can order online uh, these DNA CRISPR kits that will allow you to modify the DNA of animals. So, like, you can take uh, a pit bull in this case, and he was trying to make a pit bull glow. So you take what? this. Yeah, seriously. So you like you take the. Uh, so you're taking like jellyfish DNA yeah, or something? Yeah, jellyfish yeah. DNA, and you make uh, the animal glow or whatever. And they're already able to change the muscular uh, density of uh, of the pit bull and like all these crazy things with the shape of the jaw and basically streamlining. It's a designer animal or whatever. Mm-hmm. Control certain properties. But they're like, what the concern would be is that you modify this part of the animal and it in turn gets some type of virus or whatever that because of the DNA mutation you previously introduced that it creates this disease that cannot be uh, cured or whatever because it's manufactured and came out of this playing God type thing that you shouldn't have done in the first place. Hmm. Uh, you know, maybe this is it, bro. We had a good run. Right? <laughs> I hope I go down in a, a hail of gunfire in a CVS uh, pharmacy parking lot. That's that is the warrior's death. We can all right it's like <laughs> suicidal ideations of uh, these blacked out motorcycle gear. It's not even a fucking. It's insane.
Minute you need thing. to you need to make sure it's on video, and you just need to like empty the clip of a AK just into the ceiling and just scream as you're just getting lit up. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go. Don't freak out. You're gonna be fine. Yeah. You're gonna be fine. Yeah. Hey, are you so are you gonna come in town for anything this summer to Charleston? I don't know. I'll let you know if I do. Yeah. No kids on the way yet, huh? No, not that I know of. <laughs> All right. You were on that one for a minute. I know. Well, it's, you know, not that we're, you know, at some point. Hey, what the fuck's John up to? I call him up, dude. I need to. I, I always send him uh, passively aggressive text messages. Yeah. Right? All right, dude.